0: On the
1: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagrew, and Jack Wright. bear down chicago podcast yeah we're that bears podcast all right folks
2: welcome in to another episode of the bear down chicago podcast i am your host ryan Dengle. i am joined by logan bradley brennan chagru jack wright patrick sheldon we are hoping is going to be here at some point boys we had a week off i missed your faces how are you guys doing good how are you artie you know, it, it was, it was nice. Uh, I got, okay. I got to say this wifey and I went on the very first date since my daughter was born. So that's nice. like 11 months. So like like a certain point. You're like, what do, what do we talk about? That's not a baby. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> did that feel normal? How long did it take to like get into like a rhythm kind of, cause you know, with dates you kind of get in rhythm.
2: I, I ate too much that I got sick. Do you know, like, huh, so solid. like we don't ever go out to eat anymore. And I'm just You're like just nervous. I, I could get nervous like. eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, I, I missed you guys. And we obviously when we talk about our guest here in a second, I am thrilled, you know, that that he was willing to push it back a week. So we are we're hugely thankful for that. Uh, Shells, how are you, buddy? We, we missed you. We missed and we haven't seen you for over a week.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I, as you can hear, I'm still not uh, quite 100 percent, but much better than I've been the past two weeks. So. We're getting there slowly
4: but surely. Shells, you you've got like a very nice like deep voice. It's kind of sexy. I know you're not feeling well, but you know <laughs> just just roll with it. Like I, I think it sounds good. I'm
3: trying to give Jack a run for his money for the sexiest voice in the pod. <laughs> it's weird I, that your
4: Logan? whole
5: family got scurvy. Like I thought scurvy was no longer a thing. And yeah, that's what you all got. That's
4: so weird. Is that what the uh, White Sox have been suffering from lately? Okay. Right. How long? How this long? is yeah, a football podcast. To... No, no,
0: no. He, he went straight to White Sox. I thought you were going to mention the Yankees. Yeah, we didn't even play you today, shells. What the hell? See, see what
3: happens, Logan. Do you see what happens after you yeah, made the comment? What
0: Sorry, is- yeah. No, nothing I but it. nothing but bad
3: things have befallen your yeah, white socks. That's what you get.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I can't even say what anything. Is, yes. What is
2: Larusa doing? Like, I don't know anything about baseball, Seriously. and you guys know it. Really, Every single time I'm like, they play baseball, right? Like, I have no idea what the rule, like, but even I know that that dude has no idea what he's doing.
4: I was gonna say, oh, Ryan, real real quickly, Tony LaRussa, and I, I again I'm a Cubs fan, but I'm just it's hilarious what Tony LaRusse is doing. Tony LaRue said hilarious. It's so funny. It, it's, it's funny to me, man, but that intentional walk on one and two earlier in the week, that is Tressman level ask of Ooh. kicking oh. a field goal wow. on second down.
0: <laughs> it is. There's no denying it. Do you, right. you, you think I'm enjoying it? You think we're enjoying it? Me and Jack? No, we're not. Make your jokes. Make your jokes.
2: All right. So boys, we, have a phenomenal guest this week uh, and I'm excited about it because he's a friend of mine and to talk with this guy and he's got a personal connection to uh, some of what's going on with the bears right now. And it's specifically one of the players that the bears signed, James O'Shaughnessy uh, the new bears tight end. He was his football coach in high school. And when we go through the list of some of these other players, that Sean Drendel has had an opportunity to coach. I can't wait to kind of pick his brain. What's he doing? What's in the water and all that stuff. Last time uh, I got to sit down and talk with Sean. It's just we got a lot of great feedback from a lot of listeners saying like, hey, this is really cool. You guys should do some more of this. Um, And so I'm really, really excited. So Sean Drendel, the head football coach of the Naperville North Huskies. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so
1: much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about James, obviously, and uh, I have a, a little inside connection with Luke Getze, um, the Bears offense coordinator, and I also know a little, some some stuff on uh, Eberflus as well, so it's kind of pretty cool situation coming up. Awesome. We can't wait. Folks, we
2: couldn't be here without the amazing support of Jeff Cadwallader. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicago land area? There's one guy and one guy only. That's Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers. He's using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can get him at genevajeff.com or give him a call or a text message 630 630- 254-4734. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello.
5: Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. With six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today Sheridan's
2: barbershop where traditional meets modern I actually got a cut with will this week uh, and I took a picture it was on Instagram um, if you are not following us on Instagram and Facebook we are now on Instagram and Facebook and would absolutely love a follow all right so coach Drendle let's talk really quick and if I miss anybody you can let me know but I this is a this is a pretty incredible list so Justin McCarron's. Uh, who played wide receiver at NIU and then played for the jets. Am I correct so far and the Titans yep. and the Titans. Thank you so much. And then it was Chris Brown. Who's a running back uh, who also played for the Titans Then we had Glenn Earl. Uh, who was a safety for the Texans, Matt LaCoste who played tight end for Denver. He played for new England and now James O'Shaughnessy who played for the Jacksonville Jaguars and now playing for our beloved Chicago bears dude, what are you, what are you guys doing over there? How, how are you, how are you making that happen? And what was it like coaching these guys? Did you kind of know that these were, they were NFL bound?
1: Well, I mean the crazy piece, you know, when you talk about Chris Brown and Glenn Earl and Justin McCarron say, they, they were all right around the same age with a, with a guy by the name of um, Jerry Hairston as well. So you who played major league baseball for about 16 or 17 years. So are talking about a lot of great athletes around a lot of other great athletes. And I think, uh you know, the community of Naperville has been great. Um Naperville central has had a few in the NFL as well with Owen Daniels and Cam Bray. Um Sean Payton comes from there as well. So the community of Naperville has had great success in football and um you know, we're just lucky enough to coach those kids and, and try to give them opportunities to get further along. So, so Sean, like, Walk me through, though, when Matt Lacoste, who
2: played quarterback, did you kind of know this kid was going to play on Saturdays and maybe even eventually on Sundays? Like, is there something about a player that you notice or is it just kind of like, hey, this is a good player and they elevate their game throughout their time with you? How does that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, things you see in them as athletes that especially when you've been around. Like Chris Brown, you knew he was, if things went right. And part of the part of the thing with the NFL, to get to that level, you have to have chances. You have to have opportunities. And if you get the opportunity, those all those guys have made do on their opportunities. But there's been other kids who just didn't quite get the chance. Corey McEwen was a great player, um, played for Nebraska, was a three-year starter, at middle linebacker, and went in an NFL camp at Tampa Bay and just didn't, Never got out of it. Um, Justin McCarron's little brother, Jay McCarron, was an outstanding player. Same thing. Went in the NFL camp and never made it out. So you just need the right opportunities. And sometimes in Matt Lacoste's case, he wasn't drafted. So he got to pick and choose where he went, went as a free agent, which actually worked in his favor because he was able to get on a roster that fit him a little bit better than if he was drafted and stuck as a seventh-round pick. Um, Those types of things, you know, but definitely all those players, they definitely had something called it and they had a lot of it. Um, James O'Shaughnessy is probably, I don't want to say the longest tenured NFL player. Justin probably was, but James been in the league for a while now. And he was probably the least uh, likely to make the NFL. He went to Illinois state and just, has been a really productive NFL player. Um, People would say, well, he's a second string tight end, but, you know, there's a lot of people who would love to be a second string tight end for the Bears, and um, hopefully we'll reap a few benefits where we get to go see some games and be able to hang out with them and stuff like that. So uh, we're really excited. I've been at Bears camp a few different times inside the ropes, and to see those athletes and those players is um, strict simply amazing. As a high school coach, we're around good players. Um, and I've seen college practices, been on the field, um, for college practices, but there's no athlete like the NFL, none in any sport, maybe a basketball power forward, but the, the offensive linemen are extremely talented athletes. Um, and they, to, to the natural eye, they look like they're, uh, a Neanderthal and a big lug, and you know, go around a forty against one of those guys, and I'm, I'm guessing none of us beat them. So, just those types of things. Um, it's pretty cool to see the NFL NFL operate and how those guys are. It's it's such a
5: great question, and I love your answer too, Sean. Because I there's certain moments you always remember playing and coaching. I will never forget standing next to you guys watching Matt and his team run sprints. And you turned to me and you said, that kid will play on Sundays. And I had never been in a situation coaching or playing where a kid was that talented that you could just look at them and say, that kid will play on Sunday. And that to this day, it blows me away. And especially because Matt's such a, I mean, he's such a great kid, um, such a great human being, but he was so tall and so fast and ran like an antelope. So you kind of registered when you said that to me a little bit. I was like, yeah, if, if any of the kids that I've ever seen, Matt could probably do it.
1: Yeah, Matt, I mean, Matt could have been a professional baseball player. Um, Matt Lacoste, I mean, crazy is he's a guy that struggled to stay on rosters all of his career in the NFL. Now, he's been in the league for six years, which is outstanding, but struggled. He's been like 52, 53 on the roster his whole career. Um You know, he went against uh, Frank Kaminsky, who was the number one pick in the NBA draft. And I think he dropped 30 on Frank as Frank dropped 31 on him in an epic regional championship game. Um, Just like Matt, Matt had a 95 mile an hour fastball as a sophomore in high school and just didn't want to play baseball anymore. You know, I, I mean, he had it. And it's crazy that he's a journeyman in the NFL, right? So, like, just think of how good that kid who – whoever's the number – Patrick Mahomes or people like that, just think how good they are.
5: Sean, as you think about all the time that you've played and coached the game, can you think of the ways in which it's changed the most? One, maybe on the the positive side of the ledger and one on the side where – Maybe you don't embrace it so much, but it's a change and it's here.
1: Oh boy. Um, People are going to hate it. I mean, probably the bottom line is the game's not as physical or as tough. Um, They're pretty soft on the quarterbacks in the NFL, I believe. Uh, But then again, those are major investments that you can't lose those guys. Um, I think tackling is a, a, at a, at an all-time low. <laughs> if you like uh the black and blue division of the NFL and snow and the NFL and watching a Bears game in cold weather and playing defense, I don't think I don't think we're gonna see it uh very often as we just keep moving forward to better athletes on offense. So the games become way more athletic. Um the analytics behind the NFL and all those games are unbelievable with the iPads and everything they get when they come to the sidelines, then the quarterback's processing it. It's just amazing at how intelligent the quarterback has to be in the quarterback play. So, you know, I think those are the two things that stick out to me. I don't think you're going to see the positive on the tackling part is I don't think we're going to have as many situations with concussions as we did um the the stuff where you see mcmichael going through what he's going through and stuff like that i I just don't think we'll see that as much um because i don't think they tackle as much they don't practice they practice extremely hard but they just don't practice the physicality of it as much Um, but those guys are freaks i mean tremendous athletes moving at an unbelievable pace
4: so, Sean, uh, I'm curious, kind of along those same lines, and I'm going to compare this to basketball for a second, we always hear about kids who are mimicking guys like Steph Curry just chucking threes instead of, you know, trying to drive to the hoop. So as you're seeing kids come into high school and, you know, enter your program, what are some of the, I guess, like traits that these kids are, are having now, like both positive and negative? Like, are you seeing, you know, guys just wanting to, I don't know, like, like you said, maybe along those lines with tackling, maybe like there's poor form or something. But I, I guess I'm curious, what are like kids, what are you seeing from kids entering high school in terms of their football acumen now?
1: Well, it used, I mean, probably the biggest thing is it used to be that kids grew up playing football and playing structured football. And we're seeing less and less, I'd say about half the kids that enter high school haven't played tackle football. They've played flag They played seven on seven, but they haven't tackled. Um, The benefit of that massive benefit is they learn from my coaching staff that's certified in, you know, heads up tackling by the USA football. Um, We, a lot of us have, you know, we've taken all those classes and done all those types of things. So there's no poor form being taught. That's a huge benefit. Um, So I feel more comfortable you know, having a freshman practice go on and not having a kid lower his head or tackle wrong. Um, The other piece is you're seeing everyone wants to be a wide receiver or, you know, actually everyone wants to just be a wide receiver. No one wants to play line. Uh, No one wants to, not many kids want to play defense. Um, So those types of things we currently have, you know, we, our quarterback going into next year is signed with, or going to sign with Northwestern. Um, He's a He's a high, high level kid. Um, we have a couple of receivers that are going to be division one type kids that have offers from a lot of places. And I, I talk to the division one receiver guys all the time, go play corner and you'll be in the NFL. And they, they still don't want to do it, uh, which I I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm like, Hey, you know, we have a kid, Luke Williams right now. I'm like, just go play corner. Like, you'll, you'll be paid for the rest of your life, you know, but he wants to be a wide receiver. So, you know, I think those are the two things that stick out in my head. Um, But, you know, you adapt and the game's still the game. The game's the game we all love, right? I mean, there's not a better game. I love the fact that the NFL is trying to get more women involved and that, you know, people talk about their ratings and all that. Women love watching football, um, whether it's, to, to be next to their husband watching a game and have a connection. Or maybe they just like seeing you know guys that are pretty buffed out you know, getting after it and maybe it's something they don't see at home, you know, maybe I don't I don't know, but um, I, I would that's say... Not, that's that, not
3: an issue with this group, Sean. You so
1: wouldn't, wouldn't know anything about that. So, I know that my wife always goes, man, you know, that guy's so jacked. And I'm like, hey, you know, what? the 50-year-old over here used to look like that. And she's like, no, he didn't. Um, So, all you know, those types of things. Um, I just think the NFL has done a great job of of finding their way with it and for us who love the tackling and the hitting part there's still enough of it that's good um and so that that's kind of where I'm at with it I I think the NFL has done a really good job of of promoting themselves in the right way you know hey coach
3: you can obviously hear and feel uh you know just how much pride you take in coaching these kids and and the impact uh I'm sure that you've had on them and their lives has been immeasurable over your time uh, as a coach, but I'm interested to know what's maybe the most impactful thing you've taken away from a player or a specific experience. Something maybe a player has done for you that's had uh, maybe a profound impact on on you and your life.
1: Uh, you know, pro- probably the biggest one right now. Um, it's probably helped me become a better father, um, and I, I I take huge pride in trying to be a family. We talk about being a family. Um, We talk about our family comes before our football family, but, and, and there's times where as a football coach, you have to back burner your own family. And I, I've, I've started to realize my daughter just graduated this year and some of her, she takes huge pride in that her dad was her friend's high school football coach. And, you know, she comes back from graduation parties and says, you know, so-and-so said you know you had such an impact and you're like a second father to me and she's like dad that's so cool and just to see my daughter like finally feel that like all those times I missed stuff or not that she's like hey you know I'm super proud of that um to me that's been one of the cooler things of having my daughter go through the same program um and we'll see my, my son's a sophomore in the same program this year. We'll see uh, if we get the same uh, feelings as we go through it. Um, he's got, he's up against it a little bit from a standpoint that his dad is um, extremely hard on him. So I just got to remember I'm a football coach and not his father and uh, I still coach him that way. So, you know, those types of things, but when you coach or teach anytime you can make, my father was a longtime teacher, and his statement was: before he passed away, he told me, "You will coach until until you feel like you no longer make an impact on someone's life. If you make an impact on one kid's life every year, it's worth it because kids, some kids don't have what other kids have, and make that impact is super important. So that's what I'm trying to do all the time. Um, I, you know, there's some years you feel like you've done a great job of it, and other years where where you don't, but if you can make an impact on one kid, I I guess it's worth it, especially when the social, emotional, um, where we're at with what happened with COVID and all those types of things. I think it's super important that kids have an outlet and I think football is a great outlet.
4: Sean, we're obviously very interested in talking about bears. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, James O'Shaughnessy, uh, you know, new tight end for the bears to sign this off season so you teased a little bit about, you know, what he could possibly bring. Um, but, you know, we want to hear, like, what can he bring specifically to the Bears? And how do you see him fitting in with Luke Getzi's scheme?
1: Well, I, I mean, the biggest thing that I see with James is James was a, uh, in fairness to him, and a, I'm going to, it's actually not nice even to the word horrendous. He was an awful blocker in high school. Um, <laughs> he... he <laughs> And if I said horrendous, uh, I'm, I'm discounting the word horrendous. He was even below whatever that is. Uh, and he, he knew it. And when he went to college, he became from a wide receiver to a tight end and he worked his tail off. And he, as you look at the stats and analytically, I think last year he was the fourth best blocking tight end in the NFL. Um, and, and, I kid with him a little bit of obviously the NFL has gotten a lot softer than I thought it was. Uh, if you're the fourth best blocking tight end at the point of attack, but James does a great job of getting after it. Um, he's, he's a guy that's versatile enough and skilled enough that he can still beat you downfield. Um, he runs good routes. He catches the ball extremely well. He is a great second option as tight end and it gets these scheme. They use a lot of them, right? So second or third option, those guys are all going to be part of the, what they do. Um, He had, James had a really good uh, vibe with, uh, with Lawrence down in Jacksonville. So I think he would have done a great job if he would have stayed there. They wanted to get a little bit more high profile type tight ends. So he had to go, but I think, I think you'll see that Justin Fields will really become comfortable with him because he's a guy that's willing to put his, he'll block for you. Um, I think in his senior year in college, he, in the national championship, um, they lost to North Dakota State, Illinois State did. And he got knocked out in the fourth quarter running under the kickoff. Um, as a, uh, he was their star tight end and he was on the kickoff team late in the fourth quarter and got knocked out of the game. So he's that type of guy that whatever they ask him to do, he will do. And I think teammates gravitate towards those guys. So he, he'll he be a great glue guy in that locker room. I think he'll do a great job and it'll be great for Colt He You know, James learned from, you know, I know Ryan talked about where he was, but he had one year where he was with Kelsey at KC. So there is a connection there. That's why, Uh, you know, our GM brought him to the bears. He knew him from when he drafted him at KC. So, or part of that staff. So I think that you'll see a lot of things that Kelsey has taught him or worked with him with. So it'll be great to see.
4: So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And I think that's a really good point about, you know, just the different places he's been and what experience he can bring to not only the offense, but some of those younger tight ends, I got to ask and I got to take a sidebar here with him in Jacksonville last year with the urban Meyer experience. I mean, first of all, I mean, did you feel bad for him going through all that and just realizing the kind of guy with just the, you know, experience that was going on there? And did you kind of hear from him on what was happening throughout last year? Cause it was, it it just seemed like a circus.
1: So the NFL, I mean, as you guys know, the NFL is pretty tight lipped. Um, So, you know, and, and James is a, is a really good locker room guy. So he didn't really give him much out. I, I, I know Urban Meyer from way back in Bowling Green days, you know, prior to Ohio state, prior to Utah, all those types of things. So I, I know Urban's just a live wire. Um, He's very emotional. He's, he will say what he feels and has no problem doing it. And in the NFL, that doesn't really operate anymore. And I think, you know, Shad Khan wanted to make a splash with Urban and also signed off on Chris Doyle coming from Iowa as their strength coach, all those types of things. NFL players don't, like, they don't care anymore. Like, they, they want things their way. They want it. they don't want to be coddled, but they don't want to be berated. So, you know, that, like, they want to be challenged, but they don't really want to, they don't want someone in them all the time without mm. showing that mutual respect. So, I think, that's probably why urban really struggled um, and they like truth you know they they want to hear it like it is not um, you know urban not getting on that plane probably was the the finisher for him I believe yeah. um, you know those types of things so James to be honest with you James didn't really talk about it but I knew from other people that it was not a good situation and 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 James will be a guy that can use those and and benefit other players through it i think so you know i am i'm guessing was fields with urban ever
4: mm-hmm. you guys
1: know? I, I don't no. believe he was i think I they think just he missed was. each
4: other okay
1: yeah hey, I, I think he might have been there his true freshman year urban was still there i believe so maybe they might have something to talk about you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, uh, Sean connections happen
0: Go ahead, Lin. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, You mentioned earlier uh, about Luke Getze, your connection to him, talking about the offense and the way that James potentially fits into the way that he runs his offense. So kind of a simple question um, of how do you think Luke Getze's offense is going to differ from Matt Nagy's? And I I assume that a simple answer is it will be better. But, you know, to give our listeners maybe a more in-depth answer, (laughs) how do you think it will actually differ?
1: Well, like like I said with Ryan last time, um, you know, there's a lot of things that have to go right for an NFL team, and I don't believe I don't believe Matt Nagy all of a sudden didn't know how to coach. I just think maybe Matt got a little too much over his over his own skis. Um, so I think Luke Getzey, what Luke brings is a little bit of what he they did in Green Bay. You might see a lot of stuff that. Um, you're seeing out of the San Francisco 49ers right now, um, that type of style, um, and that's where I see like Kittle was so active. Their second string tight end was pretty active. Um, they're an outside. They're going to be an outside zone team that definitely is not afraid to cut back. Um, Getsy, Getsy was actually coached by a good friend of mine who's now the O line coach at Minnesota. Um, for the not for the Vikings but for the Gophers, and you're going to see a, a a running. They're going to run the ball and build off the run, and some action off the run and quick dump offs and stuff like that. That he's going to Getsy will do a great job of of finding what Justin Fields does well. And I think I, what I what I think you saw with Matt Nagy was what Matt Nagy wanted to do, not what Justin Fields did well. Um, I still believe, and you guys, uh, Jack Wright will probably punch me next time he sees me, but I still believe that Mitch Trubisky wasn't a bad quarterback. Um, I just think Mitch, they never got to what Mitch did well. Um, And I think Justin Fields is very similar to Mitch, that he, he likes to be on the move. He wants to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He wants to be active. He's a phenomenal athlete. And I, I think you'll see that um, already you see the Bears, they're slimming down their offensive line. And, and the purpose of that is not to be a power bashing run team. They want to run the outside zone. They want to create seams. They want to create cutback lanes, be athletic enough to get in the way of people so Justin can operate and make plays. So I think you'll see a lot of that. And I think we're, and to top it, Logan, we're really going to like it is what
0: I think you're going to see. I think that's music to, uh, to a lot of people's ears. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, just in your opinion, how do you think uh, Eberflus' defense is going to differ from Desai in terms of, you know, hopefully maximizing the potential of, of players that he has uh, on that side of the ball?
1: Well, I mean, the unfortunate thing is, I, I think that the bears lost a really, really good player that, I don't know if people quite realize how good a Hicks was. Um, he's the guy that to me, when you watch them play, when they, when he wanted to play, he was phenomenal. Um, and I think, I think Nagy lost him somewhere along the way. I, I don't even know if he, I mean, I'm guessing he was hurt and banged up, but I think he could have played more games than he did last year. Just chose not to. Um, that's where I go back to, you got to get a guy that the guys want to play for and that they trust. And what he says comes out of his mouth is the truth and they're going to believe in it. And I think that's what you see with Iberflues more than anything. Scheme is great. Um, with the type of athletes every team has, let's be honest, like the NFL, the margin of error is so slim. I think it's what guys can get guys to play at the fastest tempo, the to their optimum every weekend, and Eberflus has shown that in every stop he's made, um, his guys play hard. So I think I think you'll see that. Um, the question is, what happens when he becomes a head coach from a defensive coordinator? And that that always is. It's a tough. It's a tough jump. It's um, you know how much how much is he in the meeting rooms? How much is he in the offense? You know, what is he doing that? And that's, that's really the big one for a lot of teams. You know, um, I know Kansas city, he, he's never in that defensive meeting room now they don't play great defense either. Right. So like, you know, um, will Eberflus allow Gutsy to do his thing? Will he allow the defensive coordinator to do his thing? I, I don't know that, but I do know that he's a very well-respected person, and he's he's really cut his teeth up the way. It wasn't a massive meteor rise for him. He's, he's made a lot of stops and done a great job with everything he does.
5: I'd just like to say for the record that I would not – Punch you in the face, Sean, for any reason. One, because you're large, you're a large man, and you'd probably kill me. But also, like, you don't really have a punchable face, you know? Yeah, that's like true. That's like Jay true. Cutler has a punchable face. You don't have a punchable face. Uh, so, like leave, at least I'll those leave, two reasons.
1: I'll leave this for all your viewers. Um, my dad told me a long time ago: never get in a fight with someone uglier than you. He's got nothing to lose. So um, just keep that mind Jackie. Put that one in your pocket.
3: I like that. That's good. That's great advice. Hey, coach. So if you've listened to this pod for even a minute, you know that I have the best food takes on the podcast and I, I do my best to kind of bring these guys along Lies. and help them see the way. That's and, a huge lie. Don't listen. And, to Z. and see, see, these guys are so misguided. <laughs> uh, I've got my work cut out for me, as you can see. But uh, so we're going to ask you a food-related question, and it's about hot dogs. And so at the risk of of making you a pariah in Chicago along with me, apparently, because uh, everybody else in Chicago seems to have the wrong take. Two-part question. What do you put on your hot dog, and is ketchup acceptable?
1: So everyone is going to punch me, but I, I like cheese on my hot dog, and that's it.
4: Oh wow! Dog. Like melted cheese, like a chili cheese dog.
1: Yeah, melted cheese is all right, and I can handle the chili cheese. But I, I'm not a ketchup or mustard guy or relish. I like, I'm a plain. I'm a pretty plain person. It's acceptable. It's a man
3: who
0: likes what he likes. Yeah, yeah. it's ch- but that's cheese. That's what it's good. about.
3: That's what it's about. You you have your hot dog the way you want to have your hot dog. This like mm-hmm. policing of what you can put on a hot dog <laughs> is like bananas to me. That, Unless it just plainly, it just is way
0: too gross. Like it, cheese is more than acceptable. Yeah.
3: Well, here here's what here's what gets me is when we're kids, we all eat hot dogs with ketchup and we love it. And then for mm-hmm. some reason, we become adults and we're like, oh, no, I have to not like that thing anymore because I'm an adult. <laughs>
4: Like put ketchup on your hot dog. If you want ketchup on your hot dog, you know, shells, I used to eat peas with ketchup and then I grew up. So <laughs> I mean, oh, Why? My okay, God. that's never, that's never acceptable. Like, I mean, mind. look, you know, you just, when you're four years old, you just eat
3: you're ketchup. Right on with anything. You
2: I, I have said this on this podcast, but I will say it yet again, get your hot dog and put whatever you want on it, put ketchup on it, put ketchup and mustard, just mustard, whatever you want. But when it is a Chicago style hot dog, you're not supposed to put ketchup on it. Yeah. The reason being is all Chicago's immigrant communities put all those flavors together and it is a perfectly balanced thing. And when you put ketchup on it, it overpowers the flavor. But So when I go to like Portillo's and I get a Chicago style dog, I don't ask for ketchup on it because that's disgusting. Now, if I'm sitting in a ballpark, let's say I'm, I'm going to go watch... Coach Drendel's huskies, right? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to a high school football game because that's awesome. And I get a hot dog, you know what? I'm gonna put ketchup and maybe mustard on it because it's delicious. But when you get a Chicago style dog, and that is the exception, people think all Chicagoans do not put ketchup on their dogs. It's no, you don't put it on a Chicago style dog. And I am yelling, and I'm not even yelling about <laughs> football. We're yelling about hot dogs. <laughs> It's ridiculous you but the think I,
5: I, I, I think shells hit it itself. it's the policing right it's yeah. it seems to somehow overlap into everything yeah. i go to i go to guaranteed rate i get a brat every time they have the greatest food in the mlb i mean far better than new york or definitely the other side of town and i'm gonna if i'm gonna get a polish or i get a brat a guaranteed rate i'm gonna put over whatever, whatever the hell i want on because right. i'm a grown-ass man and i agree with you and i like a chicago <laughs> dog like i i love a chicago dog and i think you are correct in that regard chicago history 1893 world's fair those perfect mixtures of flavors but I do agree with Shells on the whole idea of, hey, we don't need to be policing other people on what they choose to put on their encased meats. They can oh, put whatever yeah. they want. So,
3: All I'm saying is if you want to put ketchup on your tube steak salad, I mean, Chicago-style hot dogs, <laughs> then you put ketchup on it.
2: Okay, would you, would, you oh, you a, just, uh, would you go to a sushi restaurant and say, can I get
3: some ketchup on this sushi, please? If I like ketchup on sushi, why not?
4: Also, I – I agree with the, I agree with the policing, but if you ask, like if you ask an opinion, like, Oh yeah, here, I'm putting ketchup on a hot dog. What's everybody think about this? Like, yeah, we're going to say something, but you, Hey man, you do what you want. That's totally fine. If somebody hands me a hot dog with ketchup on it, I'm probably punching them in the face, assuming they're uglier than me. Or I guess. (laughs)
1: yeah
2: Okay.
4: So Sean, talk us through.
2: What should our listeners be expecting from the Naperville North Huskies this upcoming season? I know you talked a little bit about your quarterback, Aiden Gray, who's going to be committing to Northwestern. Uh, you've got some really, really good players that are upcoming. What What should our listeners expect from Naperville North?
1: Well, I I, I hope. Uh, obviously, you know, you never know what happens with a seventeen or eighteen year old boy, but you hope you see a high flying, energetic athletic group, uh, that has a ton of fun playing the game. I, I believe our defense is going to be better and be athletic and tackle people. So, you know, I would, I would not uh, be surprised to see some big things happen at Naperville North this year. I, I truly believe that we have a lot of the right pieces. And like Jack said before, you know, not to put it on a kid, but, you know, Aiden Gray's the type of kid that when you look at him, you're like, That kid could be, he could be in an NFL roster in five or six years. You know, he's, he's that polished. He's that good. He's that athletic. Um, And anytime you got a kid like that at quarterback, you, you have a fighting chance. Um, As you see in the NFL currently, the teams that are really good have great quarterbacks right now. Um, And that's where the game's kind of shifted. So a lot on his plate, a lot of pressure, but he loves pressure and if uh as he goes we go so i'm excited to see what he does i'm excited to see what our whole team does we're we're really athletic we have a lot of great receivers so it should be a fun
4: year sean if you let us we would be we would absolutely be your biggest cheerleaders if we can come out to a game this season and just cheer the crap out of you know the team so we just got to make that happen you know everybody in town let's go to a game
1: always welcome i know uh I know Ryan and Jack can find ways to even probably get you on the sidelines. Uh, normally during, uh, during that time period, I'm a, as both of those guys know, I'm not overly friendly. I'm not a happy face. <laughs> uh, I'm willing to punch anything at that point in time, but. Um,
0: That's I'm, how um, I want my football coach. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, <laughs>
1: trying, to, I'm yeah. trying to calm. I'm trying to be a little bit more calm. Um, just a just to be under control a little bit better but we have a we have a great product we'd love to have people come out love to have them
5: now that it needs my endorsement for what it's worth if you get a chance listeners pull up uh Aiden gray and his huddle and watch his highlights because you shot you were right when that kid he threads the ball so nicely and puts it in places that you don't see high school quarterbacks put the ball in like, such incredible windows. Uh, he's a really good player and a great kid. Really nice kid.
1: Yeah. Great
2: kid. Sean, if our listeners are not following you or following the Naperville North Huskies this season, how do they get after you? And anything else like you'd like to share before we uh, send you off on your way?
1: Well, I, for, I mean, for the Husky football, I can plug our, you know, our, probably our biggest thing is Twitter at H-U-S-K-I-E-F-B. For football, um, is our is our Twitter. We got a lot of stuff on there. You get to see, you know, what schools come in, and see us uh, kind of recruit our kids, um, and just different things. Our schedules on there as well. And then for my for my personal benefit, I'd love to plug my own business. I I work for Compass Mortgage. I'm a loan officer. Anyone ever needs me, I'd be more than willing to help out. Uh, someone's got to pay the bills a little bit in the in the Drendel household. And a high school football coach doesn't quite do it. So uh, any, any help there, Sean Drendel at compmort.com. Look me up, send me an email. Love to, love to talk to you and help you if you need it. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. As always, I love talking football. Football's, you know, a, a great passion. And I know you guys have it. And anytime you can go out and see those guys see the bears play and, Go check them out practice and I'm I'm telling you, like you want to see just a little different side of football. Watch them practice, watch them move. Um, it, it's it's like ballet. I mean, they're they're really talented and I'm excited to what see what Uber does with the squad.
2: Well, Sean, we are all big fans of the Neighborville North Huskies this season and you. Good luck to your team this season, and thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks coach. Thanks, Sean. Thanks
2: guys. I love talking to high school football coaches, Jack. I, I know last, well, two weeks ago now, we got a lot of great feedback when, you know, you were kind of talking about Justin Fields new footwork because you used to be a high school football coach. Does talking to Sean a little bit, does it kind of make you miss just a little bit? The game i do
5: miss it yeah i mean i do miss it for sure my kids just got to an age where it didn't make any sense anymore for me to spend more time with other people's kids over my own <laughs> kids you know after coaching for 18 years just in football alone it was it was kind of a no-brainer for me to step out but i thought maybe when when they get older and and start doing their own thing that i, that I might get back into it because there there are a few things better than a friday night
2: under the lights
5: it's oh, it's, it's so
2: cool yeah. I, I just I know when we talked to a couple of our international listeners, like we were thinking, like, could we somehow get you to a Friday night high school football game, a Saturday college game and a Sunday Bears game like all because it's totally different atmospheres, like in each one of them. Do you know what I mean? My God,
4: can I do that?
0: (laughs) That's Americana right there. Sounds like a great weekend. The American dream. God.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. It it would be a lot of fun. All right, so boys, there's been a lot going on in the Chicago Bears world, and so there's no way I can ask each of us a a question. Uh, We'll go on for another. Hour and 50 minutes. So instead, what i want going to do is we're going to play a little game of, of true or false, right? And you only get a little bit of time with each one of these, maybe a few sentences. It's got to be short, it's got to be quick. So is it true or false? All right. So we will go around the horn and to make things uh to make things a little bit more consistent, what we're going to do is we're going to stay with the same order every single time. So Logan, Jack, Shells, and Shagru. Shagru, I'm sorry, buddy, you are last, but you're not dead. Head last because I'm after that. So it's that's okay. good. Tony reality, <laughs> Logan, Jack, Patrick, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Okay. So the first one, is this a true or false statement? The Chicago bears, well, actually let me rewind just a little bit here, guys. Alyssa Barbieri and bears wire USA today put out that the bears cap numbers right now they are spending $65.55 million on the offense and $97.82 million on the defense. This is a huge problem. True or false?
0: False. Um, I think that's simple for me just because I think this has just been such a weird off season for so many different reasons. You have a new regime coming in who kind of has to figure out so many different things before they make those wholesale, who are we going to pay a bunch of money um, decisions. And I think that there's a lot more decisions to be made coming in the future, i.e. maybe even later on this off season with trades or next off season. I just don't think it's a big deal just because I see next off season as a time where you're going to have a clearer picture of what this roster is going to look like when it's a competitive roster. And then we can care about what the numbers look like on each side of the ball.
5: False. Not a big problem. The bears are playing the the long game and they've got money to spend on big time offensive weapons. That's going to be coming down down the pipeline.
3: Yeah. False here as well. It's just too small of a sample size to, to put a stamp on it and say, this is what Poles is going to be doing over the course of his tenure.
4: False. A lot of those deals came in the Ryan Pace era and Pace really tried to ramp up that defense and build it up. And now there's just a ton of dead money that's just hanging out there. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of things happen in the future. So it's not a big deal.
2: I to say true just to play contrarian. Um, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. The, the polls thing, we don't know what he's going to do. And he seems like a smart and savvy guy but I do think it is an organizational issue. You're spending money on the wrong side of the football. All right, gentlemen, number two, the Bears will sign or trade for a big free agent or big name at either wide receiver or offensive lineman this season.
0: False. Uh, maybe that's just the cynical Chicago sports fan in me who's not used to my teams making big moves. Although I guess the Bears have made some big splashes in the past, but uh, just kind of what I'm used to, I don't know if Poles will put his fingers on the team in that type of way that immediately. Um, So, yeah, I'll go false.
5: I'm going to go True, and it's going to be an offensive lineman only because there's such a great need there.
3: I'm gonna go tross and I think, <laughs> I think he, yeah I think he will if if the right deal presents itself it's tough to say in a vacuum
0: mm. don't
3: know. take a but, stance uh, here's the thing I, I I don't think he's totally foreclosed the idea of making moves, but I think he's gonna be smart about it and he's not gonna he's not gonna mortgage the future for one season or two seasons if the right deal presents itself, I think he'll pull the trigger.
4: Yeah, I'll go true as well, but I think it kind of has to have an asterisk or a caveat saying what is a big move because there are a ton of big-name veterans out there, somebody like a Julio Jones, Will Fuller for wide receiver, Dwayne Brown, J.C. Treder for offensive linemen. So if you're considering those guys like big-name names who can come in on a very cheap deal, come to training camp, then yes, I think that could happen, and we have seen it in the past. Guys get hurt or maybe – we start seeing holes at right guard or maybe the receiver position isn't as good as maybe polls originally thought. So I'm going to go true. I wish it was going to be true, but I think it's going to be false. You know,
2: I don't, I'm not, I don't want to see DJ Metcalf. I don't want to see them uh, through the house, but I do think polls has shown He's setting things up, not for this season, but for next season. I think we got a lot of disappointment in front of us, um, and I don't think he's going to bring in a big name. I think he should on the offensive line, but I don't think that he will. All right, next one is a two-parter, gentlemen. So you got to give me a true-true, a true-false, or a false-false. Akeem Hicks leaving this team is a huge detriment to the defense, and were Akeem Hicks' comments about Chicago Bears quarterbacks warranted? Meaning when he talked about how you never knew who was going to be the Chicago Bears quarterback. He didn't have that with Tom Brady or Drew Brees.
0: Uh, I'm going to say true, true. It's hard to say that Akeem Hicks leaving this defense strictly from a playing football perspective wouldn't be a big deal. We all saw what the difference was when he was on the field. And then in terms of the second part of the question, I think it's true and it was fair what he said. We know who Akeem Hicks is at this point. He's a guy who's not going to hold back. And what did he say that was false?
5: I'm gonna go false true. Uh, I'm gonna say with deepest sincere apologies to Heidi that I think two things. One, your greatest ability is availability, and two, the way that he left the Chicago Bears was extraordinarily unprofessional. So those those two things, I don't think there's any way you can deny the impact that he has when he plays <laughs> as a defensive lineman. And in terms of his energy, physicality, and ability, That that's not what I'm questioning here. But if you're not on the field and you're turning into kind of a shitty teammate at the end, then I, I, I don't know how valuable you are to the team. Um, I mean, I, I think... It's weird because I think Sean mentioned the fact that usually in the NFL, things get kind of kept in house. So it was interesting that he chose to take those shots, but I can't say that those shots were unwarranted.
3: I'm going to go false, false. A lot of the same reasons uh, that you just laid out, Jack. I see a lot of parallels with the Allen Robinson situation. Extremely talented when on the field and is has got his heart in it and is playing his ass off. Great. Um, but that relationship soured. I I agree with coach. I think the relationship soured. I think it was just best for both sides to go their own separate ways. Um, You know, good for Akeem to go to a a contender this year, Um, but I don't think he fit what uh, Eberflus wants to do. Again, this is a critical year for Eberflus. He needs everybody on that defense pulling on the same side of the rope. He doesn't need any any contrarians or sole voices of opposition in that locker room. Um, In terms of the comments about the quarterback, they were correct. I just don't know if they were warranted. There were ways he could have sang the praises of Tom Brady without taking gratuitous shots uh, at the Bears quarterbacks, specifically, you know, Justin Fields. Like, I don't know what any of those guys did to Keem Hicks personally uh, and why he felt the need to call them out. But, um, you know, from from everything we've heard, read. Trubisky and, and Fields and Dalton and Foles were all terrific teammates. So uh correct, but not warranted, in my opinion.
4: Gonna go false true. So Jack and Shells, you guys pretty much hit on everything I was gonna talk about with Akeem Hicks's availability health-wise, uh, as well as somebody who really he seemed like a really good teammate, but at the same time, he missed some practices. There was that uh, unfortunate noteworthy blow up that happened late in the season that feels like kind of got brushed under the rug a little bit but let's also consider that this team has moved to a 4-3 defense and he is a very traditional defensive end on a 3-4 when he's playing next to a true nose tackle when he's at his best and really going to Tampa that's going to help him so much as a complimentary piece playing next to Vita, Vita Veya. he wasn't going to get that in Chicago at this point in his career. So I think at this point it's, it's false, but as far as the quote unquote shot towards the quarterback, I think people are kind of making a big deal about it. He essentially said like, look, when I got into the league, my first few years, I played with Drew Brees and I played with Tom Brady. I didn't play with Tom Brady and Drew Brees in Chicago. I think, you know, it was a little tongue in cheek, but at the same time, I'm like, that's pretty much all he said about it. And it's true. Like we didn't have anybody close to Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And he just talked about the importance of having a sustainable offense, really. So if anything, it was kind of more of a shot of Matt Nagy and his inability to put together a competent offensive game plan. So I'll just say false. I don't think, or I'll say true. It wasn't, it was warranted, but it wasn't as big of a shot as people are making it out to be.
2: I'm going to say true, false. Uh, I think Akeem Hicks is a game changer when he is healthy. You guys made a great point, but he's been healthy most of his career aside from this last year and a half, which obviously that, that says a lot, but when he plays, I think that dude would transcend scheme. I think he has an incredibly high motor and I think you find a way to get a playmaker like that on the field. I don't think that what he said was just why, why say it just there's, there's like, you guys already got to the point. We all know quarterbacks suck in Chicago. We've had a terrible, terrible luck with bad quarterbacks. You don't need to say it. You don't need to, you know, throw shade or whatever. We've already been there, done that. The Chicago bears having to shut down an OTA practice because they were hitting too early is a big deal
0: absolutely false. Um, I I think it's just the beginnings of hopefully whatever Flus is probably trying to do with this team which is you know, ha- having an aggressive team, but also I've read a lot of players who, you know, are quote unquote leaders for this team who are just saying, "Hey, there's a lot of young guys on this team who are coming in right now, trying to prove themselves, trying to make this roster, and that's going to lend itself to guys maybe playing a little bit harder in these sessions that maybe aren't as important." So I definitely don't think it's a big deal.
5: I think this is a little odd, Logan. I think we agree, but I'm going to say. True, it is a big deal but kind of for the same reasons that you said it was in other words if the worst thing that happens is the bears have to miss a practice because they were too physical in practice god bless them (laughs) like love (laughs) it like everything i've heard about the structure and the tenacity and the pace and the speed and the physicality of practice on board and in my opinion awesome awesome big deal in a good way
3: yeah i false i don't well False, true, I don't know. It's not a big deal, I guess, is uh, is my main point here. Um, again, Ibra Flus has got to set a tone this year, and everything he does from here on out is about setting that tone and getting buy-in, so I have no problems with, with what happened.
4: False, and, and it's a hard false because hearing beat writers who are actually witnessing some of the practices – they didn't see anything that was truly like, you know, out of bounds or anything or anything too physical or hard nose. So some people even think like this just kind of came out of nowhere and they don't really know why. So, I mean, if, if they are kind of setting that more physical example, I think that's great, but I just, from what it sounds like, it was no big deal, not only to get a practice canceled, but it just didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary in general.
2: False slow media day. Bears fans are clamming for anything at this point. We need to move on from this one. Aaron Rodgers' new girlfriend, Blue of Earth, is stranger than Aaron Rodgers.
0: Your name's Blue of Earth. Yeah, it's true. I don't care what you... Take out whatever your feelings are about Aaron Rodgers. I I don't know. Is that her real name? Your name is Blue of Earth. You are stranger than anyone, almost anywhere. So, yes.
5: I'm gonna say, a Aaron Rodgers is the strangest Ranger out there. If you have you heard Devontae Adams speak, he's a nice guy, like a really super nice guy. You don't want to play, like with Aaron Rodgers. Dude must be super strange. I think he's way off the res when it comes to like whatever he's doing with his colon, and whatever he's ingesting to clear out his bowels and. And and, the, and the, the guitar playing and all and all this stuff he's he's way off the res and 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 he's strangest he's the strangest ranger.
0: Hey, what I, what I do with my colon is my business and my business only, Jack. All right.
5: <laughs> Did you have a BM today?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: How's Joyce doing, by the way? She's great.
3: <laughs> She's doing great. Uh, I thought the clean out the colon was why they resigned Bakhtiari, but um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh boy. <Yeah. laughs> i thought that that was his job but anyway uh yeah rogers is a strange dude stranger than blue of earth probably i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna go um date a girl named blue of earth who is i think we bury the lead guide she's a self-proclaimed witch like if that's what you're into uh you got to be pretty off the reservation to even entertain the idea of dating a a self-proclaimed witch so yeah, uh, I'll say Rogers is Stranger.
4: I'm going to go false. Sheldon, it's fake news. She's not a witch. She came out. She said she's just a hippie. She's not a witch. You got to watch out for the fake news out there. Everybody wants to talk about this fake witch. She's not a witch. It's literally a witch hunt. Don't go after Blue of Earth. It's not a, it's not a story. Aaron Rodgers, much weirder, but very phenomenal guy. He's a very good guy. I love him to death.
2: how do i follow how do i follow that (laughs) uh he's got a type the after the clay eater right now he's got blue of earth um he's just a strange dude look at me that's how i feel about aaron Rodgers, right just at all times look at me look at me look at me and so yeah braxton jones rookie got a chance to start at left tackle during one of the ota practices so for this one Braxton Jones will get a chance to start at left tackle at some point this season.
0: I say true only barring injury. Um, I just think it's a lot to see a rookie starting at a, a position as important as left tackle, but then again, you never know.
5: I say true because it looks to me like they are trying to put together as many combinations as they can and send as many messages as they possibly can to say that you are going to need to earn your position wherever it is on the field. And so I think th- for him to get a shot there is 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 a real possibility.
3: Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Same thing that Jack said. I, I think it's true. I think he'll get an opportunity because I think they're going to want to try as many combinations as possible to get the right fit
4: true and I think it's interesting that some people are making a big deal out of it a fifth round draft pick potentially becoming a starter at left tackle I mean we saw Larry Borum do this exact same thing last year before his injury and they were he was also a fifth round pick so this isn't something that's totally like out of the realm or anything and Braxton Jones is Poles' guy and Ibraflus' guy so I think it's it's very likely so yes true.
2: I'm going to say true as well because we don't know with the new offensive staff, what they're going to do, what's going on, and how players fit into their scheme. So who knows? Give, give the kid a shot. Second to last one here, boys, Tevin Jenkins, we should be worried about his development and he could potentially be a bust.
0: I think that's a easy true because it's just you, I think you just got to got to prove something to me, to us, to fans before I think the back injury by itself makes it a possibility that he's a boss, but now he's taking reps with a second team, which could or could not be a big deal. But I think it's very, very true at this point that we should be at least worried.
5: I agree. It's a true. I'm with you on the back injury. I was worried about that right out of the gate draft a guy back surgery on we go. That's never a good tale. And then I also think if all of a sudden he becomes a swing tackle, then wow, that's really a problem.
3: So I'm going to answer this specific question. Worried about his development, I'm going to say false because we don't know. Uh, I think he's got potential to develop. I'm not going to call him a bust now. I think this coaching staff is full of great teachers. We've talked about it a ton on this pod. So am I worried about his development? I think this staff could get it out of him. So I'm not worried
4: yet, but we'll see how the offseason unfolds. I'll also go false, and I think if I if we hadn't seen him last year at coming back from the back injury, I'd probably feel very very concerned. But he actually played pretty well. The penalties were a little bit of an issue, even when he was playing at left tackle, he actually you know held on held his own, and you know I was kind of impressed with what I saw from him. So as far as him taking second reps with uh, with the team and OTAs. I think they're more trying to see what's going on with Larry Borum because going back to Braxton Jones, if they think he can be a starting left tackle or play left tackle in the league, let's see if Larry Borum can be a swing tackle and, you know, perhaps they're just, you know, moving Tevin Jenkins back and, you know, down a little bit just to see what Borum can do. So at this point, no, but who knows what happens in the sophomore season? Maybe that changes. I'm going to say true because they drafted him as a left tackle or to play
2: left tackle. And it doesn't look like this dude is going to be playing left tackle in the NFL, at least as of right now, things can change. Things can develop and we'll see. But the only reason I say it is, you know, that's a premier position and it sounds like he might be playing right tackle guard somewhere else. Um, The fact that he's playing with the second team, you know, maybe they do just like Logan said, want to see where he fits in the thing, but it doesn't seem like he's going to play left tackle, which is why they drafted him. All right, gentlemen. This one is is it kind of caught me off guard with some of the things that I've been seeing on Twitter. Darnell Mooney is finally getting the national recognition
0: he deserves. True. I there's I think mm, it's hard to not kind of criticize our just fan base at that time, it's just because I just think people like need people to be like, tell me I'm good. Tell me my players are good. Tell me the Bears players are good. Who cares? I don't know. Maybe that's just me in the minority, but like Darnell Mooney's going to go out and hopefully I'll have a great year. Who gives a shit if people in the national media are talking about him or not? I will never understand that from a fan perspective. Uh That's as simple as I can put it.
5: I'm going to say false, and I'm going to f- hone in on the credit he deserves. I, I, I just, again, I think it's Bears' goggles. I, I really like Darnell Mooney. I think he's a good receiver. I still wouldn't make him a number one on my franchise as if I had to start it tomorrow. I hope he has a great year. I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't know as if he deserves that national recognition or credit.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say uh... – I'm going to say true. He's getting, he's finally getting some recognition. I only because I think he's been so disrespected. I agree with you, Jack. I don't, I don't think anybody should be touting him as like a top 10 receiver, but he's been completely forgotten and discarded when, when pundits have talked about, you know, the bears offensive weapons. Um, they almost kind of just write him off as, Oh, well, and Darnell Mooney. Um, he deserves some recognition, And uh, it's good to see him finally getting some recognition because I think he's a heck of a player.
4: Yeah, I agree with Shells. I think true. First off, he's getting the recognition he deserves because he is kind of that like borderline. I'll I'll say he's a borderline like one for a team. And I think people are kind of recognizing that he's obviously not going to be in the conversation of guys like Justin Jefferson and you know, let's say Tyreek Hill and, you know, the upper echelon receivers, but yeah, some, you know, some of those sites are, you know, showing highlights and saying, Hey, Darnell Mooney could really have a big year, but Holy crap. Logan is so right. So many people are just getting so butthurt about all these national writers. And I mean, me being a writer and a local writer and talking about this, it does kind of piss me off because who cares? Like, what is that going to do for you? What is that going to do for anyone? And even players have said, Shout out to Adam rank, uh, having Kari bless, uh, blazing game on his podcast a few weeks ago. He said, nobody talks about this. So Mm -hmm. I'm just so sick of everyone saying like, Oh, you know, I'm saving receipts of all you guys. And I'm gonna, you know, you guys are disrespecting everybody just perform. Okay. And people are going to take notice and who cares as long as our team wins. Like I'm, I'm sick of that. Like, it's just a stupid fight to have. So thank you, Logan. Got me off.
0: Absolutely. Got me off. Absolutely. Fired. I will always talk about that.
4: I'm going to say true
2: just because we don't have a lot as bears fans right now. And so, you know, to, instead of people making fun of us constantly, it's nice to hear someone give a little bit of respect to a player. And I totally agree with what you guys are saying, but you know what? Our team sucks right now. And until they prove us, otherwise, it sure would be nice to have a little bit of, uh, you know, a a, a little bit of uh, praise from people saying, Oh, Hey, the Bears have Darnell Mooney at least, which I want to say this one more time, boys. We have a better receiving core
3: than the Green Bay Packers. Before we move on, can I can I just quickly go back to a, a previous topic and quickly cover Aaron Rodgers' relationship arc? So Olivia Munn to Danica Patrick to a clay eater to a witch. <laughs> She's not a uh, witch. That information <laughs> that you will, but that's.
2: That's his relationship arc. I just wish one of them would make him worse at football, like significantly worse at football. So he threw a lot of interceptions against the Chicago bears. All right, boys uh, it's time to get to Jack's question uh, and then shout outs. Jack, what do you got for us this week?
5: (laughs) All right, gentlemen. So I would like to hear the documentary that you would recommend to our listeners. It can either be one that you have recently watched and thought was really terrific, or if you want to go, hey, this is an all-time great, you could do that as well. So if you would name it, and then let's, uh, I think let's do like a really quick description. Like what, what is it that you think is so great about it in a sentence or two, and then we'll, uh, we'll roll on. Uh, and I think we'll go with uh, Ryan first, then we will go Go with Shells, then we will go with Logan, Brendan, and then I will
2: anchor it. I just just as a quick honorable mention, I just watched Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey about the FLDS, the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they're fundamentalist Mormons, polygamists. It was really fascinating. But that last episode, uh, if if you have kids, you got to be really careful because some of the descriptions it it, like stomach churning, making you want to throw up honorable mention, uh, making a murderer is got to be one of the best documentary series I've ever seen in my entire life. Season two was good, but season one, I just, my wife and I watched that within like three days. It was like we got to watch another episode. Like we have to watch it. And then just knowing that it was a documentary. So Making a Murderer is about uh, Stephen Avery and his murder trial and all of the unbelievable mistakes that were made. He may have murdered somebody, but he did not murder uh, her the way in which they said in the documentary, phenomenal, cannot recommend it enough. If you haven't seen it, Making a Murderer on Netflix, so good.
3: Yeah, I, I got a pass for this one, guys. I'm not a big documentary guy, sorry. Boo.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my turn. Um, I I love documentaries. Let's go from a guy who doesn't really like documentaries. I love documentaries. Um, this might not be like my favorite of all time, but Night Stalker on Netflix, I thought was very cool. I watched that like a year or so ago. And if i remember it correctly it's like about this basically serial murder in la in the 1970s or something and what what i thought was so cool about it is just because back then you know they didn't serial murders weren't a thing so just going through the whole process of the case and trying to find this guy while everything was so public and like getting so much national attention and everybody was panicking so much and it just goes and talks with the guys who were doing the investigation and stuff like that but i love murder documentaries and things like that so just to see how that was uh, how that was gone about back in the day was really interesting and, and a really screwed up individual too
4: it was so good, boy. Shells. You could have even gone for the low hanging fruit and just did something on the nineteen eighty five Bears, hey, guys. <laughs> I just looked at.
3: I just looked at the top fifty four documentaries of all time. I haven't seen one of them. I've never. Oh. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did, none of them oh. even rang a bell. Like,
4: <laughs> I'm just not
3: a documentary guy.
4: We got. We got to get him on that train. Yeah, it it is really good, and I do like documentaries a lot. I I feel like I should watch more of them and like make time for them. And I've, this probably is low hanging fruit, so I apologize, but I was fascinated by both Firefest Fest documentaries a few years ago, being in event marketing specifically as my day job. Um, I remember when Firefest Fest actually was happening like a few years ago and I heard about it and I heard the whole debacle and just how, just everywhere, it went haywire. So I feel like people probably know about it, but it was this uh, failed music festival that was taking place in the Caribbean. And uh, it was hyped up as one of the biggest events of the decade or even the millennium. And it was the worst flop ever. And people were like stranded on islands. Like the, it, it was, it was really bad and there was just some shady stuff going on with Billy McFarland and Jaw Rule. So, and having two documentaries on the same topic that came out pretty like close together, I thought was really interesting. So that one just always sticks out to me. Very cool. All uh-
5: right. Mine are both recency bias, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not really a big fan of George Carlin, and I'm not necessarily a fan of the Bee Gees, but most people know them. So George Carlin, uh, the one is on HBO Max. It's um, George Carlin, uh, Life Worth Losing, uh, and then there's a Bee Gees, uh, Bee Gees documentary. What I'll just say for both of them is I think it's fascinating when performers continually reinvent themselves. Through various decades, and both of those two, you know, the one group and the performer, they did just a, a miraculous job of continually making themselves relevant in multiple ways. Last thing is, I like it a lot when the uh, documentarians are good at bringing in social, political, economic factors that make it real, that make it meaningful and and hard hitting beyond just the performance, uh, level that is a part of a performer's life.
2: Okay. Sorry. One last one, just cause it was so good. And Logan chime in on this one, if you want to, the John Wayne Gacy tapes, because oh. it all was like local. And so like, they were talking about like, you know, some, some of these like places I'm like, Oh yeah, been there, been there, have that, you know, like no, new without it. Like, Ooh, just so messed up
0: yeah no that was that was a great one i just finished watching that and i yeah i told you dangle a couple weeks ago but supposedly my dad had a potential run-in with John Wayne Gacy when he was younger him and his brother what? were uh, were pit were hitchhiking in Wheaton area oh which is where he was around and oh. was picked up in a vehicle and something unsavory was said to them and they had to jump out of a moving car so oh
2: my
5: uh, gosh.
0: to this day he's very very certain that that's who it was and I could potentially not be here so wow
2: can, can, can we get can we get mr bradley on at some point to tell us the story because he does
0: need to like say say that story in a documented place because i've heard like pieces of it occasionally but he he should put that on record
2: that's terrifying yeah Yeah. he's he's an awesome
4: guy i would love to hear him tell that story logan there's there's your takeover episode just bring your dad on and
0: just start talking about
4: like all this stuff that'd be amazing yeah We got to start scheduling
2: that out boys. We, 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 that is confirmed. We are going to have takeover episodes for Brendan, Jack and Logan. (laughs) All right, boys, before we get to shout outs, this is my fault completely. I got so excited to get to our guest and we took a week off. So I forgot how to host that. uh, If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find Logan at bear down Bradley. If you're going to find Jack, you can find him at bear down Jack, Brendan Chiguru. You can read him on bears wire, or you can find him at, Brendan Chagru, that's S-U-G-R-U-E. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on The Windy City uh, as part of the Fan sided Network, or you can find him at P underscore shells. For shout-outs this week, boys, let's go. Brendan, you did not get to go first with anything that we did today. So Brendan, we're going to go first. We'll go Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and I will finish it up.
4: Shout-outs, boys. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so a couple shout-outs here. First to uh, Esteban Rodriguez. So Esteban is somebody I just started following a couple of weeks ago, but he sent me a very nice message. He loves the podcast and, uh, obviously we just appreciate all of our listeners. So, uh, he just started listening to us, I think a little bit ago. Um, but anyway, shout out to Esteban. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate you listening and appreciate you interacting with us. And uh, to get to to get a little more serious real quick, I just want to shout out both Dan Pompey and uh, John Moon Mullen Uh, earlier on. So we're recording on Sunday earlier in the day. um, Dan, who's just an accomplished Bears writer, he's amazing. uh, He shared an update about John, who uh, used to cover the Bears for uh, Comcast Sportsnet, now NBC Chicago. And John's been battling cancer for a number of years now, and he just shared that he's you know, physically not doing good, but his uh, spirit and emotionally, he's doing fantastic. But uh, I, I just want to shout out both Dan for just sharing that and John, uh, because John was one of the first beat writers I actually started following. I tweeted out that he and Jeff Dickerson, who um, unfortunately passed away due to cancer earlier in the year um, it's, it's amazing. It's unfortunate that both of those guys were like, you know, true inspirations to me. And, you know, they've gone through hell with these illnesses. So, um, you know, personally, like just seeing John struggle is really hard and, uh, I'm hoping for the best. It it just sucks. So, uh, shout out to Dan, shout out to John and, uh, just hoping and praying for the best. Well said, Brendan. Um, I've got
3: a, a couple of shout outs, uh just a couple of guys that have been following me on Twitter for a while and have been very supportive of, of the pod and, and of uh some of the some of my crazy work. Um Peter Levy, you can find him at Peter L 0 And Justin Fields is QB1, which I could not agree with more. Uh, and you can find him at football 22 Bears. Uh, and then lastly, again, on a little bit of a serious note, I want to shout out you all. Uh, I know I missed the last couple of weeks. You guys did a phenomenal job, uh, but I want to pay particular, uh, attention and praise to the way you all handled the tragedy in Uvalde. Um, it was, it was a tremendous segment and, uh, it was emotional for me, especially when you all started talking about how, uh, your perspective completely changes when you're a parent and, and it does, um, and that has, been, uh, that has been a topic. If you've been following me on Twitter, um, you know that's a topic that I've been tweeting about and discussing a lot. And if you don't like it, uh, tough shit. I don't care um, because I am also tired of the it's not time to talk about a crowd um, because failure to talk about is what leads to situations like this. So uh, if you don't like if you don't like that i'm not sticking to sports I, I honestly don't care you can hit the unfollow button uh quickly okay um but you all did a great job you did a phenomenal job handling a very difficult topic and so thank you for covering that i'm very sorry i missed it um but i just want to give you all a shout out for the way you handled it
5: shells thanks for speaking out on that and i especially find it like fascinating to hear your perspective because you have a military background it's something i would like to talk to you more about directly at some point. I just think it really is an interesting topic, and I love to see you speak so strongly about it. So thanks for that. Um, a couple of shout outs from me. I'm going to uh, shout out uh, Scott Schwartz. who's, I don't know, is he our
2: biggest supporter? Possibly he's in the running, he's in the team he's on, he's on the Mount Rushmore.
0: He if you
4: Mount yes. Rushmore
2: of listeners, a great he's on dude. There. We, we owe great Scott team. so many beers. Like we, we owe him <laughs> we like too. a lifetime of beers. Yes.
5: He retweets us. He. I've said a couple of times to Ryan when we we chat about the show to all of you guys, I think I love it when we get feedback. It's nice to have the conversation continue with our our listeners. And I like to continue the conversation with Scott and others. And so really, he hits that sweet spot when it comes to interacting with us and supporting us. So he's at Scott underscore the Swartz, S-W-A-R-T-Z. I'd like to shout out Logan Bradley because he is a Sox fan and I am a Sox fan. And as Sox fans, we need all the support we can get, ladies and gentlemen, because it sucks to be a Sox fan so far this year when the hopes were as high as they were and the team has been as big of a cluster, you know what, as they have been. Along those lines, my final shout out is you all know I'm a noob when it comes to Twitter. I'm also fascinated by Twitter. So everybody that interacted with my real time Tony LaRusa debacle intentional walk tweet this week that just kind of I don't know what's the word. It went viral. It blew up. I'm not sure. Am I saying it right? Am I doing it right? It did anyway, numbies.
0: Lo- Such a millennial. Yeah. Oh, God.
5: it did numbies. I love it. A numbies. lot of people, I was just people joking. <laughs> people gave me a they gave me a thumbs up. Wait. No, that's Facebook. Anyway, lots of people interacted with that tweet, tweeter. And that was awesome.
2: Just a How reminder. How do you do, all-
0: fellow kids?
2: <laughs> yeah, a reminder for all of our listeners that Jack is the elder member of our podcast.
0: An <laughs> uh, old guy. <sighs> Um, my shout out, similar to talking about, uh, Schwartz, Ryan Badgley is, is a huge follower, a huge supporter. Um, you know, retweets a bunch of our content is, is always engaging. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. You know, I'm the lesser of the five on Twitter amongst all of us because I live on Twitter for my job. So when I can get a, a second away from that madness and me tweeting obscenities about Tony LaRusa, I try to, um, so yeah, also on that, yeah, on that same, uh, and, and also Ryan Badgley's, uh, handles at Ryan Badgley 40. So very much appreciate, uh, all the support that gosh, so many people, uh, give us out there. So shout out to them. Shout out to suffering baseball fans in Chicago and we'll keep it at that.
2: Yeah. Badgley puts our stuff up on Facebook as well. So like, just thank you. Um, I've got three, Mike Gus, who actually uh, was on a couple times when we were the bear down report. Um, and it's a time we got to get him back on. He was really, really good. And he's got. Some opinions that I strongly agree with, and I know that uh, Sheldon and some other people will disagree with. Um, but it's nice to, to hear you know his thoughts on it. And also was a high school football coach, uh, so to get his kind of thoughts on that has been really cool. So Mike, uh, hold your ground, buddy. I, I believe in you, especially when we're talking about the offensive line. Uh, TJ Brooks from Canada, one of my favorite Canadians, um, and a huge fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which we had some back and forth on that. Uh, a big fan of, of of what we're doing, and TJ, we're big fans of you so thank you so much uh, appreciate all the interactions and the last one goes to andrew davies uh his australian football team played my australian football team and instead of being a total jerk when they won in the last minutes of the game uh he was total class about it and i appreciate it uh you guys if you've listened to this show you know i'm not a huge baseball fan i don't like basketball i'm really kind of a big football guy and now an Australian football guy, and, and I and I take my teams kind of die hard, um, and my Australian football team, Port Adelaide, is not doing really well right now. So thanks for not rubbing it in my face.
4: Hey man, you you're didn't. not missing
2: out on much of the baseball, so you're fine. <laughs> Folks, we know you can get your Bears information anywhere. You know you can listen to a million different Bears podcasts, but you are listening to this one, and we appreciate it more than we can say. For Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, bear down Chicago.